Welcome to issue 24 of The Two-Butt Rule. No butts allowed. Have you ever found yourself in the shoes of Cassandra, the priestess of Apollo gifted with foresight, but cursed so that all her prophecies fell on deaf ears? Or have you ever found yourself in a company of would-be Cassandras, always predicting disaster? Neither situation is much fun. There's no question that organizations dominated by negativity tend to be stagnant cesspools of inaction, and habitually saying, but that won't work, hashtag one butt, will get you nowhere and earn you a reputation as an obstructionist to be ignored. But there's another momentum killer that's even more insidious, and it's on the rise. Many today live in a culture of correctness, toxic positivity, and general avoidance that leaves us utterly bereft of our butts, incapable of pointing out problems or even fully realizing that there are any problems to solve. In such an environment, nobody wants to hear about your butt, even if you come with two butts in hand. Call it the no butts policy. Admittedly, the proximate cause of a no butts policy is usually a long-standing culture of negative one-buttism that eroded their organization's ability to innovate in the first place. Unfortunately, if one-buttism is a momentum killer, a no-butts policy is worse. Sandy Parakilis was a Facebook platform operation manager responsible for protecting the personal information of the social network's users. His special focus was third-party developers. They provided a variety of services from games like Farmville to popular surveys like This Is Your Digital Life. To do this, these services access data from Facebook's internal systems. For example, This Is Your Digital Life, created by Cambridge University researcher Alexander Kogan, collected data about both Facebook users and their networks of friends in order to generate personality insights. Parkilis grew worried about these apps in 2011, later telling The Guardian, My concerns were that all of the data that left Facebook servers to developers could not be monitored by Facebook, so we had no idea what developers were doing with the data. He raised these concerns to management, which he says were not heeded. Then he got his butt out of there, leaving the company in 2012. Soon after that, Alexander Kogan shared the data he had collected about Facebook users and their social networks with political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica. The scandal that resulted was legendary. The Guardian and the New York Times reported in 2018 that profiles of millions of people had been created by Cambridge Analytica from Facebook's data and used in a variety of political campaigns. The fallout led to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg being called before Congress, where they vigorously paddled his butt. The Federal Trade Commission launched a probe into Facebook that led to a $5 billion fine, and eventually several executives found themselves out on their butts, including the CEO of Cambridge Analytica. In the end, the whole affair led to reported changes in how Facebook and other platforms like it handle user data, but not before the scandal caused a general erosion in the public's trust in social media and other platforms. And that carries on today. Clearly, the no-butts policy has a terrible effect on identifying and solving problems. And it's not just about making it unsafe to speak truth to power or raise flags. It's often about allowing obviously stupid ideas to percolate up without challenge, where they eventually take root in the DNA of the company without having been transformed into good ideas along the way. It's especially easy for a dumb idea to stay dumb when it comes wrapped in statistics from flawed studies. One of the most notable cases of this was Coca-Cola's decision to reformulate its flagship Coke product in the mid-1980s. The decision was prompted by taste tests that showed people preferring sweeter drinks at the time. This allowed proponents to push aside reported resistance to the project, but the taste tests failed to account for how preferences might change when people drank the sweeter drink regularly over time. New Coke replaced the original formula in April 1985. The public response was so bad that it led to a public relations crisis as consumers demanded the original formula be restored. Three months later, the company reversed itself by introducing Coca-Cola Classic. It's widely considered to be one of the biggest product blunders in history. There were plenty of opportunities to avoid this mess. Folks who early on weren't convinced of the wisdom of new Coke appear to have missed several opportunities to apply the two-butt rule. Otherwise, they might have been able to redirect proponents into better decisions that could have resulted in a wildly successful product instead of a costly double rebranding exercise. 
For example, if taste tests indeed indicated a preference for a sweeter drink, they might have introduced a test product in specific markets to learn how it performed over time rather than replacing the formula of the flagship brand. So, if your name happens to be Cassandra and you see a stupid disaster of an idea forming in the meeting you're attending, here's a good two-butt rule of thumb. It is your responsibility to not let that dumb idea escape the room unchallenged, but you know that nobody's going to respond well to direct opposition. But, if you're clever, you can propose a way forward that will divert or dissipate the impact of bad decisions and avert destroying the business. Put it another way, don't stand in the way of the hot lava flowing toward town. Dig a ditch to let it flow around. Hashtag two butts. This concludes episode 24 of The Two Butt Rule, No Butts Allowed, by John Wolpert and Ashley Waters. If you like this episode, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast, and consider taking out a subscription at twobutts.com. That's number two, B-U-T-S, dot com. <laughs>